How's it going? Pretty good. Yourself? Pretty good, man. Nice. We've got some server code to talk about today. Look at us, front end first, talking about server code, tweeting about server code, arguing about server code. That's all we do these days. I have to change the name of the podcast. (laughs) Third time. It's a charm. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about... um... Welcome, everybody, front end first. And uh, we are going to be talking about... Server code today. It's server components. <laughs> server components. Hey, don't worry. It has a name component in it, so it's still... Fun. You know, someone on Twitter was talking about server components, and they were saying, I don't even think of them as components. They're like a server template. And I remember thinking about that like, Do we have that exact? Ago, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep, I forgot about that thought. And then I was like, it makes things... Um, it makes things make more sense. Remember, we wanted to call them like inert yeah yeah components or something yeah the reason we did end up back at components was a good name because they compose with the rest of the react that's, components that's right that's why yep you know uh so today we want to talk about uh, this demo that you made we also want to talk about this uh thread that we just saw dan abramov tweeting about and one of the points he makes in that is the interleaving of mm-hmm. components and it's not it goes beyond the kind of interleaving that we learned about when Next 13 first came out and they talked about doing that. Server components rendering client components that can render server components because there's um, there's like even more that you can do there. So cool. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get started with the episode here and talk about um, a feature that you built in kind of one of our like back office apps that we use for our side projects and for build UI. And I just used a search feature for the first time today. That was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, it felt good, actually. Um, it was a little slow, but that wasn't uh, the code's fault. Uh, <laughs> but, sure, sure. <laughs> felt good, but it was a little slow. But it, it felt really solid, you know, whereas when you use like things that are uh, oftentimes only on the client, it can feel a little finicky. Mm-hmm. You know, the page loads and it feels robust. And then you start typing and you have thought about race conditions, pending queries when you update the search term and all that stuff was like, you can just tell when it's something like that is built well. And it it really did feel like that. So good job on that. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, React. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, tell me about it. It's, um, it's, this is a server component app. Yeah. So uh, I want to learn Next 13 so I convert an app, like you said, back office app to uh to next 13 with server components probably about like actually probably a while ago probably like four months ago or so oh, wow. maybe like i don't know this feature, they, when did they come out they came out like october right yeah no this next feature I just okay added, this feature but, just but to, yeah the conference was in in october october so it's probably november it's so like three or so months ago um it is an app for like managing our users so shows a list of users it fetches them from firebase lets us drill into them do things like reset password all that stuff mm-hmm. uh there's some other like back office features we use but we'll stay just you know stay high level anyway uh our user list of build ui has been growing and so before it was just one giant page yep. and i would click into it and it would load you know uh over 100 users mm-hmm. yeah and when people email for support it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It came out of a building it out of a need because people would email and I would like command F, type in their email to like find their thing. And I was just like losing place. And sometimes I do like people email from like a work email address. So I would like kind of type their their name 
just to see if like their Gmail shows up. Mm-hmm, this has happened mm-hmm. a few times. Same way I wanted to build search. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So yeah, so it is a search. It's kind of like, you know, how you would imagine a user search would be. There's a, a input field. You can type in an email address or a user ID and it's going to filter the results to, uh, it's like a fuzzy search for if you do an email address and uh, it's exact match on ID. So we use string IDs. So if you just type in like A, you're not going to get all the users with uh, an A in their, with their, like, their UUID. Their ID. Yeah, right, exactly. Because right, right. it's like a 32 byte right. uh, character ID. So you'll get, you know, probably half our users if you type A. Right. Uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, because this is a React server component app, I had to build this search with React server components and it was pretty cool. Um, the, there's a client component and a server component. I guess I'll talk about the client component first. So the client component is a search box. So it is a input and that has an on change event. And when it's on change, just like any react component with an input that has an on change event, uh, you get to call handle change. And in that, uh, in that handle change, I basically navigate you to a new URL, I navigate you to, um, you know, user list question mark search equals, uh, whatever you put in that input. And so that, you know, as you type, uh, you're just gonna get re-navigated to the next URL. Uh, and so that works pretty well. I guess the only problem with that is like, if you type like a, B, C, if you type like a, you just immediately start navigating to the next URL. You don't have to enter or anything. Yeah. But so like you now get like the loading spinner for the next URL. Mm-hmm. So like the whole screen just mm-hmm. clears out from underneath you, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, it's kind of like a shocking UI thing, right? You like go to type in the search input and like you're re-navigated to a URL, you lose everything on the screen. Um, yeah, it's just not like a good, doesn't feel good. So, uh, that's the, what happens right now. No, that's what did that's happen. What did this happen. was like kind of building yeah, up the story. Yeah, so yeah. actually, you know what? So yeah, before we go into talk that, about the loading data. Part. Yeah. So yeah. let's just say you type in an A and then you navigate to a URL that's like user list question mark search equals A. Mm-hmm. So then that, uh, sends a, just a browser request to your server. And on the server, there's a react server component that reads, uh, search params and, so I get that A in the React server component. Hold on. So, so slow down because I don't think a lot of people have used server components. Okay. Um, so uh, when you first load the page, the there's a search box which has all this interact, like the React interactivity you're talking about. Yep. So it has use client at the top. Yep. Then you have a table which is showing the users. Yes. So where are this, where, how is that? That's a server component. That's a server. Component. And how is that getting the users? It's an async component. Yeah, it's an async component. So when you first enter this page, uh, there is a, a React server component. And the very first line that React server component is await, uh, get users. Okay, cool. And you can use await in server components just like you would use await in any JavaScript function. So this is a component that returns JSX. But because it's a server component, it can be async. Okay. And you can await it. Nice. And if you visit the URL, yeah. while that await is running, yeah. your browser spinner is just loading. Your browser uh, spinner is loading. Yeah. Okay, cool. You can okay. layer in a loading template. A loading template. But you which, just, well, yeah. I, I, I do now. Okay, got you. Cool. I, I, yes. Right, right. I just but saw let's that. just yeah, like, yeah. let's yeah, build, let's up build it up. Yeah, build it up. Okay, cool. So that, 
is the server component fetches the data, returns the JSX over the wire, the flight data gets added. There's no JavaScript running. Like there's JavaScript running, but there's no interactivity. It's not a client component. doesn't have any state. Yeah. doesn't have any effects, anything like that. And then, so then you have the client component and it, you said it sends a browser request to the new URL, which is like the user list question mark search equals. But like you're calling navigate and um, so you, talk through that. Yeah. So you can almost think of it like, let's just say like outside of React, outside of Next, like somewhat you have an on change event and you can do like window.location.ref mm-hmm. equals, um, you know, slash users question mark search equals and then whatever data was in that input so search equals a or search equals ryan Mm -hmm. uh and then that is going to it's like a kind of like a php app that new url is going to render a new list of users right because if i if i just sent you a link and the server right you want to be able to link to it and the server component that has that first line await get users also looks and checks to see if there's a search param. Yeah, exactly. It takes a bunch of uh, options like pagination options mm-hmm. and search options mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it can take uh, search equals query params dot search. Right, right, right. Um, and then, okay, so then but how does it get back up? So you said it sends a browser request. Like, what does that mean? Like, so, so imagine you're not doing a like, fetch and then like enter HTML. Correct. So like in a, a React app without server components, you would do like a fetch request. Mm-hmm. And then when the fetch request comes back, you would set call state like, set on, state like on the like, user list and it right. re-renders. Right, exactly. But so, if you look in the network tab, you'd see like a request to the API endpoint and the response would be like a JSON array of users. Exactly. In, in, like, a, in like a SPA. Right. React app from like two years ago. Right, right. Last year. Right. <laughs> two months <laughs> Yesterday. ago. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> this navigates you. You could imagine it doing like window.location.ref mm-hmm. to a new URL. Mm-hmm. And that new URL is now going to rerun that server component on the server, read in the search params. And okay, but that's where it's a little confusing. Yeah, I know we have ants and flies in here. So just <laughs> welcome to welcome to the build UI office. <laughs> You say it sends a request, but you can navigate. If you navigate like an on-change handler in a React app, it's not going to just send a request unless you were to do something, right? So is there a document request going out in the network tab? Is it a request to the URL that um, you know is next basically saying, well, we're actually already running the app. And so we don't need the entire initial HTML the way we would if you hit refresh right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just going to get... Basically, it figures out what's yeah. changed. It's it's that. So next, you basically say, I want this page. Like, give me the, like, render this. Hey, next app on the server, render this page. How do you do that? With, with Navigate. What, is, you just call Navigate? Uh, sorry, this is, uh, uh, you use router uh-huh. from next uh-huh, navigation. Uh-huh. And that gives you back two things. That gives you push and uh, replace. Ah. And push is like go to this URL and add history to the browser uh-huh. and replaces go to this URL, but don't add history. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, I'm using replace because I don't want you yeah, to you don't want back the back button like for every characters. single keystroke. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but before we even get into that, you can just imagine it's doing like window.location.ref. Right. You what get what I'm, I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Okay. But what I'm, what I'm curious about is, is like if you were to just have like effectively a link component to the about page, 
Um, I guess it is the same thing because we like code split. I'm still kind of like an SPA mode where you can navigate on the client. You're navigating the client. So how do you know to rerun that server component and get the new data? How do you know you need to rerun that server component at all? Oh, okay. So that's... Because you're changing the query param. Yeah. So how does the server component know to rerun? I so this is like this is like implementation detail of next. You don't have to think about it as a developer. You you just say like send the app to this URL, right? And yeah, this URL it's going to start rendering on the server, and it's going to see are there server components or client components of this. Now, what if what if the user list um, you know didn't relot the search the await users. Mm that filters by the search query. What if you didn't filter? And what if you just navigated to like foo equals bar? Would it rerun the server component and call fetch again? So there's no fetch from like my code's point of view, there's no fetch. Like I don't have a right, single there's no fetch. fetch. Would it, sorry, would it run await get users again? If I went to foo equals, it would run whatever async component is it slash foo slash bar. Gotcha. So if there was no async component there. No, I was saying like question mark foo equals bar. So uh, yes, yeah, it would. Yes, it, it would run it again. It okay, run gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Thing like I had a query param that doesn't like doesn't change anything about the rendered output. Yes. Yeah, it's still gonna run your, gotcha. your cool. component. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's like what you would want. And then if you uh, need to cache something or it doesn't depend you're doing too many fetches to the database or whatever. Um that's how like a Rails app. Yeah, would work. exactly. Think yeah. of it like a Rails. It, exactly. PHP like a Rails app. Like, okay, you need new data. Well, we're gonna go to a new URL. Right. So it's just URL based. Like, right, right, go to right. A new, new URL. And a new query param is a new URL. Yeah, new query yeah. param is a new URL. Yeah. 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 There's no. There's no same pages. There's no uh, thinking about what's the HTML file for this build or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like a Rails app. Yep. Cool. So so. Now you go up to the server component, you get a new list of users based off your query param, mm-hmm. and then that re-renders. Mm-hmm. So uh, now in this app, I do have a loading template. Mm-hmm. So when you're loading the list of users, there's just a big loading spinner that shows. So every, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, but right. every single keystroke is going to go to that new URL and then trigger a new list of users to be fetched. So then that async component on the server is running. Right. And because it's running, you're going to see the loading spinner. Yeah. So as soon as you type, like everything gets wiped away yeah, and you yeah, see yeah. a loading spinner. That's a pretty bad user yeah. experience because if you want to type SAM, as soon as you type S, boom, loading spinner, search right. box goes away. So uh, there's a thing called uh, transitions in React 18. And next 13's router is suspense and transition aware. And what this allows you to do is this allows you to tell the server to start rendering a new URL, but keep the old URL rendered. Oh, So if I'm at, let's say I have just the list of users without any search filter, I haven't typed in that text box yet. And then I type like S-A-M, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the server and I'm going to say, hey, start, start preparing. preparing this page. Okay, But the browser is going to keep the old UI rendered until the server responds with the new search. So let's just say there's like five seconds to run a search. Right. Uh, the app, you can see all the data. The app is still interactive. You can like, you know, imagine you have like a little counter, increase count, right. count plus one, right, that, right, that's right. setting state. Right. That's still all going to work while the server is off generating your search thing, uh, which is really, really cool. That's awesome. It feels like you're writing a browser app, 
yeah. a server app in the way that like you can send along like a slow request to a server, but then you're like, I don't want to do that. And you just click another link on the yeah. page. Like yeah. your server's not like blocking your UI thread. Or yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. No, that's yeah. it. It's not yeah. blocking your UI. Like you can just do whatever you want. So yep. uh, a thing that falls out of this is that you can just like, you can search for SAM and then you can type like one and it's just going to discard the search for Sam yeah. and start rendering the new page SAM one. And you don't have to manage any of that yourself. That's awesome. Which is like, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but, um, yeah, you're eliminating a, a lot of states from the client. Well, I was going to say, I didn't realize you were going right to transitions right there because I think even before that, again, I don't think a lot of people have, have used it yet. And, um, even just what you described where you render the page, you fetch the data based on whatever is in the URL. And therefore, every time you navigate to a new page, you get that data again. And that's it. And and all of the async work's going on on the server. So uh, if you don't want to do anything, that's what I meant kind of when I said it feels really robust. Even before you add transitions and keep the old page behind, you can be typing S, A, M, and S and A are discarded. Like you need the transitions to have the, you want to discard things if you've typed new input and those results aren't ready yet. So, that's so what happens without transition? Like you would see the loading template, like as soon as you totally, type in, but I'm saying, but it's still correct behavior. It's still, ah, you yeah, don't have sure. a situation where the first, you don't, you're not managing three in-flight requests because I've typed three characters. Yeah. You're not even thinking about that. No, you're not at all. About right. It. Right. And the UI will be consistent. And if you always, if like, you've, if you've worked on not that. even eventually consistent, cause it's not showing you stale stuff and then updating it. That's kind of what I'm talking about. You see a lot of these kinds of, um, autocomplete, you know, instant searches where you're not like it. So the rails version of this, um, you know, I was thinking about like once next 13 is stable, I think it'd be really instructive for a lot of people to build a next 13 app directory app with forms and links. That's all you have to start. You don't have on change, right? You pretend you don't have JavaScript. Um, you're just writing a react app. So you'd have an input that you type the query. And then when you hit enter, uh, you're submitting a form with an input that has a name query and it's a, it's a form submission mm -hmm. and it's a navigation to the current page that serializes the input with the name. And, and so that's the same thing as if you were to start on that page. Right. And so, uh, cause you can do like a get request to serialize it or, or whatever, or use a post body or, or whatever. Right. But if you were doing that in rails, that's what you do. You have an input and you'd have to submit a form. Uh, and it gets a little, so like, I'm going to, it gets a little tricky because we don't know how next is going to do mutations. That's like, uh, yeah, but let's just, I'm just saying, let's assume like when you, you can read the request body, right. In in a server component. Okay. okay. So, so what I'm saying is like, you would type that in there, you would submit the form and you'd read the request body so that all your data would be derived from the URL. Like you've done. Then, uh, you get a lot of that stuff for free, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the back and forward button or whatever. And, uh, you never are juggling states. Once you have those bones in place, you can upgrade to input on change and conceptually you're doing the same thing. And because of that, you're never going to have that experience where you type 
S-A-M space, and all of a sudden your screen updates with three different results from a query where they all just get added to the UI. Mm-hmm. It's like you get kicked off re-render one, re-render two, re-render three, and then you see one, two, three, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like if you have a naive implementation of what you're talking about, so can I, can I give you an example? Like just like as someone that's like worked on SPAs with these with these autocomplete things, I might do a search. It's like S A M, and then I have like dot then set users right. results from exactly. the factory. The only problem is like actually the results for Sam come back first before the results from S A. That could be the case, and then you just you get like. That's a case where it's inconsistent. Yeah. Where it's and that exactly. definitely does happen. I'm even talking about a case where it's eventually consistent, but this is common where you kicked off, let's say you, you debounced it. You took 200 milliseconds in between each character. So you've kicked off three yeah. uh, effects, like three fetch fetches with a dot then that have a set state. Yep. You're going to see three updates, even though from the user's perspective, that's incorrect because the search term now says Sam yep. and you're going to see a flash of results with S and S A yep. and then S A M. Yep. Right. Yep. Happens yep. all the time. All I could find time. that immediately, but it doesn't happen conceptually in like the rails app because it's a simpler model where the user has to submit it. But then once you go, once you upgrade it to on change next 13 is doing this for you where you have set off three re-renders, it will discard the first two, even Absolutely. if the with even before we get to transitions. Yes. Just based on the architecture of server components. That's huge. It will not flash the three things because you've now navigated to the third place and it discards the first two that are just doing async work, but they're not important anymore. Yes. Okay. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I and I think people it's it's hard it's hard to understand. Uh, but if you use it then it's very, very easy to see. If you tried to build something like this um, in like a Create React app in a client, SBA with React, um, you basically need like an abort controller. You need a way to cancel the previous things so that you don't get those state machines, something like that. Dude. You don't have to do any of that. All you do is you use the mental model, loading data from the URL, and the fact that the state machine that's in Next13, the router and everything, it takes care of that for you. Yeah. And I think I that's think, awesome. I think when you say something like, oh, you could use a state machine. Like, yeah. Yeah, sure. That's a nice approach. When I've had to do this stuff in the past, I'm making a fetch request to get like JSON list of users yeah. back yeah. and then set state on it. Yeah. I have that JSON payload include the search term so that yeah. I can do like if search term from JSON is not the same as what's is, in state is equal to what's in the input. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. like, I know yeah, these exactly. are the results exactly. I'm interested in. Exactly. Exactly. And like, it's just like, by the way, you never start off writing that. It's always because right. you get a bug report right. and you're like, Oh yeah, I got to add this. So I think this would be a really cool way to show this off the, the router and how it's doing that. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty cool. And then also like, uh, you know, same thing if you were typing and then you decided you wanted to click back to the home link in the sidebar and that server component hadn't finished fetching that new list. doesn't matter. Like it just goes. Yeah, you, just, you have you no just like discard. setting just... state on unmounted component, right? Yep. You're, you're not doing any of that stuff. Like I think it's a really big deal that. that yeah. There's no like hanging promises no. anywhere. There's no dot thens. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. They, you, you, you are locked into these boxes and, um, the 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 router is able to do a lot more for you 
you eliminate a lot of these in-between states that are in between the meaningful screens for your user when you build an app like this. Yeah. And this is before transit. This is just if you have the most naive UI. And then, I, you know, the point about, okay, why don't we just show the previous list of users while we're waiting because it's way better. Um, and that's, and, and so how do you actually do, what does it look like to actually do that in next 13? Yeah. So it's, it's really simple. You wrap your reply. I'm using replace to basically navigate to this new URL with the search param. You just wrap that in a transition. Okay. The way you wrap it in a transition is there's a use transition hook that's in react. Use transition gives you back a function called start transition. And so you call start transition and start transition takes a callback. So it's going to wrap code in a transition. So start transition, you know, open parens, close parens, fat arrow, uh, brace, and then the code that you want to include in your transition in there. So that would be replace to the new URL with a new search param mm -hmm. and then close brace, close paren, closing my transition. Right, right. So you just, it's like, you know, it's you always just, hard. Just, it's always hard to describe callback functions, yeah, functions yeah, to take callbacks yeah. on a podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. But now you have your code, you just indent it and wrap it in a callback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that callback gets passed to start transition. Yeah. Uh, use transition also gives you back a Boolean called is pending. Okay, cool. Uh, and this is where the pending UI comes in. Right. So nice. now your React component can re-render immediately, know that there's a pending transition right. going on. So what I do is I show a little loading spinner yeah, in, in, the input. The, in the input. Yeah. So you know that there's a search going on, but I leave the rest of the page that, that's awesome. rendered as yeah, normal. It felt yeah. really, really good, man. Yeah, it does. It feels solid. And then this is pretty cool. The URL doesn't update until the results come wow back. So, so if you were to hit let's say you're like running like some really big computation it takes like whatever 15 seconds or something and you don't care about it you a new chat chat gpt query and you want to discard it you could just click like discard the url wouldn't have changed you wouldn't have pushed anything anything the loading the loading spinner would stop like yeah. how hard that would be very hard you don't you're not going to be canceling any callbacks or yeah, using yeah, a board no controller exactly. to stop no any of that like i think you could make like eight solid points here about like uh what this experience all the details of the experience in the ui and the ux uh when you do it kind of like even in even as a good you try your best um it'd be pretty awesome remember ember concurrency and remember his original demo Showing the code that you have to do to get it to work well, to support cancellation and all the extra stuff. And then how he adds in the Ember concurrency and starts deleting it. Yeah. Kind I of, vividly remember this. Okay. Diff okay. Like you show the code that's required to make, to make it work where you don't see stale results ever. Right. Mm -hmm. You can navigate away and not have calling set on an unmounted component or any sort of memory leaks because you didn't clean up all of that stuff you know, basically goes away with this, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Also too, like the, the, you just look at this code and it's simple. I could give this code to you and I, I might have to explain like how transitions right. work because you know, it's your first time using them. But right. beyond that, right. like there's not, yeah, there's no like, uh, yeah, I'm not managing state, I'm not managing yeah. Ajax requests. There's no effects. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's, yeah, it feels great. No, it's music to my ears. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool, man. No, it, 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 yeah, it felt really good. Yeah. Uh, also, too, just the fact that you can search for users on the server. 
like your database probably has search APIs right. built into it. You can run search queries. Right. Like just again, like you're adding a search users feature in an SPA, you might be setting up an API route or mm-hmm. editing a GraphQL query that now takes uh, search input. And there's none of that because you're just going right to the server yeah. and you get to run server code there based off query params. Yeah. And that's one thing. That's one area where it's Rails like, one-on-one. Yeah. It's one area where like, where server apps are great. They yeah. take an HTTP request and they return a result and you get to use that in React now, which is amazing. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting was, so the, do you have any loading templates? Do you have any loading.tsx yeah, files? All, all over there. Okay, cool. And so when you first enter this page, like if I were to send you a link, you are not transitioning. I'm sending you a link. Right. You're loading the router right. to this page. So you would see the loading template, which is a big loading spinner. Right, right, right. I can't keep old results around. Right, for there your, are none. Right, there are none. It's the first render. So yeah. you would see a nice UI. Yeah. I have full control over the UI that you see when you're first entering the page, mm-hmm. even if there are query params. And then I also have control over the UI that you would see as you're transitioning to a new page, which is, which is, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Like it's, you get to change the experience, whether you're doing client side nav or an original server side navigation, an initial server side navigation. Is that what you're saying? I, I get to change the experience, whether you're going from like result A to result B versus you're entering the page yeah. for the first time yeah. by yeah. clicking a link. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a link. I, I am, I send you a link in Slack and you click the link. Right. You're going to see like a loading template. That's right. nice. And then if, uh, yeah, if you're searching, yep. you keep all the old results around. So there's, I, I have a YouTube video where I do this with an email inbox and next 12 and suspense. And this was like when I was first playing with suspense, I think it was about a year ago, like the beginning of last year, Q1 or whatever, mm-hmm. March, something like that. And, um, I suspend the initial app while I'm loading a promise. So I'm loading the data and I render a suspense boundary, give it the promise. And then once I have initial data, I don't, I, I change the root template. So there's no more suspense boundary in the root so that I can click on email messages and then keep basically them around and don't fall back to that root. So basically add like a nested suspense boundary. Yeah. And then that, that way that one sticks there and, uh, you can do like, this would be an awesome one to port over to server components and compare the code because I'll tell you, it'll definitely be a lot simpler. It wasn't that, it wasn't even that crazy, but to get it to work, it actually took me a while because I had to understand what suspense was doing, how to like conditionally render a suspense boundary, which they even had talked about making APIs for, mm-hmm. um, maybe suspend or, or whatever, and uh, had to deal with the promise, which you you know you await a promise, but I don't have to deal. With you that. don't deal with it. You yeah. don't have to figure out where to put it and how to pass it in anywhere. So mm-hmm. um, that's it's, pretty. It's, cool. a, it's also pretty good that like that's pretty cool. You don't. E- you're not even thinking about like. You're not thinking about like, oh, is this the initial render or is it not? You you are not thinking about that. You're thinking about I am transitioning to a new state. When I'm transitioning, I get data. I get like a Boolean that mm-hmm. says I'm transitioning. Mm-hmm. So you can update the UI. But you don't ever have to think about, oh, yeah, what does my like initial loading state look like? Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. if you wanted to see that, you reload the page and right. focus on that side of the UI. So yeah. there's no like juggling like, oh, if I change one, does it affect the other? They're like disconnected, completely disconnected. I think there's a really interesting like point here, which is uh, when we started building SPAs, we always like uh, complained about having to build two apps. And the way you're talking about it, it's funny because it's like 
you still have, it feels like there's two apps in a sense that's not a request response all the way to the server. So you have, but really you have two user flows through the app. And those are actually the two apps you want to build. <laughs> the server component that queries database on the URL and returns list of users is the code you only want to write once. And that was the biggest pain in the ass about building two apps when you go full SPA. So when we were making an Ember app with a Rails API, it sucked because we had to have an Ember app that had all of our business logic querying our Rails API on the server so that we could serve up an OG image to Twitter or HTML to users. Or even just anything. Like, could, yeah. could pull data out of a database. Yeah, exactly. But then you have the client-side navigation and it truly felt and was two completely separate apps. And you have a client-side data cache identity map that's querying maybe the same API and you try to share logic, but you run into all sorts of things. And... um but you wanted the control of the SPA on the client. Yeah. So it just struck me that this is like uh, a very interesting way to think about the fact that you actually do want two ways through an app in the kinds of apps that most people build in the sense that if you're on Twitter and you click a tweet, you want to show the tweet over the current state of your timeline. But if I send you a link... I don't want my timeline behind it. It's different. So this is kind of a pretty, it's pretty genius if you think about it, because you're, you're actually able to disentangle the parts that are different and the same, it's the same data, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same data. And so there's one, and you could just fetch it in a component, but now you have this control with suspense and transitions and the ability to use a client component for that kind of thing with like a loading spinner. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You get to say, okay, what happens if the user is already here and they type another letter? What do we want that user experience to be like? And, um, exactly. Exactly. You actually want two different paradigms for those things and you have it. The loading state for I'm initially loading this page and the loading state for I'm on this page and I'm applying filters. Yeah. Like a designer is going to design two different. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Also too, when we talk about two apps, we, we often talk about like, Okay, so I need to render like the first paint on the server. So there's going to be like we use Next.js. So there's going to be like get static props or get server side props. And that's going to make a database query um, mm-hmm. and then kind of thread those the, those results through as props to the page component. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I've had the page loaded right. and I click a button like load, Refresh more, or like load more, I don't yeah. want to go. Yeah. I don't want to have my browser like reload. I want to make a fetch request to an API endpoint right. Right. that then gets new results and adds to it. So you end up writing two apps in the sense that I have ways to load data for the initial props yeah. for the page. And then yeah. I have ways to load data that like add state to the already rendered state. And it's, this is hard. Like, this is really hard. This is really hard Super to build hard. apps like that. And with server components, you just have one way you yeah. load data on the server. And if you want to change which data is loaded, you can use transitions, use query params, right. you get full control over that. But yeah. there's like, there's one entry point yeah. into your data. Server component. Server yeah, component. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I I think, yeah, it's I. there's a lot here. I think you have to get your hands dirty with it to really understand it, but it's been fun watching you do it. Yeah. And also too, like just kind of... I. <laughs> You know, I heard someone say the best feature of TypeScript is autocomplete. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's 
definitely truth to that. Like, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I know everyone likes to talk about all these great APIs that TypeScript gives you. But at the end of the day, the fact that I can just yeah. start typing and get autocomplete. Yeah. I think one of the best features is these server components is like, I just, I don't have to set up API routes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to set up APIs just to pull data, serializes, JSON, and send mm-hmm. it back over the wire. The fact that I can just fetch data. I know it doesn't sound sexy or right. elegant, like, but it's awesome to use as a developer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see, yeah, dude, we see people, we, we, and we see people spend lots of time trying to figure that stuff out. You're dealing with the re-renders. You're having to consider in your mind what each render frame looks like between the time you start the fetch and what happens if you navigate away or cancel it or change it and eliminating all those things is huge as a developer. Yeah. Um, while also getting the DX of like just await get users like you're saying but it has a side effect of like not only being easier from a developer's perspective it also makes the app more robust and again like you just have to use it i think it would be pretty cool for us to put together a demo because it just feels solid you know what i mean yep um the other point i wanted to make that i thought was interesting was that um you didn't render a suspense boundary yourself anywhere did you i do uh so, so for what we're talking about now, I, right. I have like experimented with like inline, I call mm-hmm. them like inline suspense boundary because yeah, yeah. next like, yeah. Insert some Sorry, kind just of, just to, to yeah. answer that question. No, we can go deeper. Yeah, later, yeah. yeah. Next insert some kind of behind the scenes for you with some if conventions, could, if you want to yeah. make a loading template, but you have, you do have some that you have rendered. Like if I did a command find in the, in the app joint app, I yeah. would find a suspense boundary. You would find a few suspense gotcha. boundaries because just to kind of get into it, routes, layouts nested layouts mm-hmm. do not run in parallel mm-hmm. currently mm-hmm. i don't know if they ever will i don't know what the thinking there is maybe they will but mm-hmm. they don't currently mm-hmm. run in parallel and so if you have your you know main layout with like a top header suspend the fetch for like the next layout isn't going to run ah. so i use inline suspense boundaries to like render skeletons got you got you it, it, again there's like a lot of like kind of me experimenting here but it seems it you know i have been doing that gotcha cool um the reason i brought it up was because for this whole experience you have you do have a loading template to render for the initial render when you first load the page yep and then you have the spinner that you render in the input to show feedback for the in like n plus one navigations yep and you never had to like import suspense from react for that you're you're using the conventions of the framework but you did import use transition from React. Yes. So it's kind of interesting how like they're starting in the middle, not totally abstracting it away with something like a cell from Redwood, which, you know, if you remember from our interview, uh, he has all these cells for like errors and loading. Um, and uh, it's not the opposite, which is we have basically next 12 where there's like no notion of a loading template you can render while things are happening. Um, you have to do it. You basically do it yourself. And it's somewhere in between where, um, but it's clear that they want people who are using next 13 app directory to understand the react primitives. Right. So you could, you could say, Oh, it's great. I can just render a loading template. You kind of want to know it's suspense. It's nice. You don't have to, it's, it's a good, it's a good drop off point. But to get the transition behavior, you have to under you will go to the React docs to see how use transition works, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's just an interest. It's just an interesting thing that I, you know, 
Yeah. There's no, there's no currently, like you could imagine them adding what would be like the layer up of abstraction around a transition. It would be like a link with like a render prop that says like uh, transition equals true. And then you get like is transitioning. And then you can just do a little spinner right there. And then you wouldn't, you would be reading the docs from link from Next.js yep. as opposed to importing use transition, doing an on click and wrapping it and start transition. So the React has a bunch of hooks that are let you kind of take advantage of all these worlds that are happening in suspense. So mm-hmm. there's like a use deferred value. Mm-hmm. So if you're transitioning to a new state, you can use deferred value. So you're transitioning to a new state. Mm-hmm. So you keep your old state rendered. Yeah. But you can use deferred value to like see that state that you're transitioning to. I'm not I'm not using this in my um, search thing. In my search User thing. Search. But you could imagine like your What do you see from it? Like while it's being the prepared? Next, the next state. Yeah. So what is the what are what's like the state that I'm using while like you're the, being prepared? Like the router. You could like use router from it, or basically like get the router.search from the future. Yeah. Thing. So yeah, let's say that. You would gotcha. get like the next cool. so like the current search results it's are Ryan, for Ryan. And then but it's Sam. in the back, but right now I have a loading spinner. Because I'm searching for Sam, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how well this cool. composes with the next thing. But my point is, there's a whole bunch of these hooks that are built into React for suspense that yeah. I think that I think we'll be able to take advantage of. Yeah, so right. Pretty nice. Totally, and and there, um, I think it's it's seen a lot of libraries and frameworks who try to take over too much of it. And then you very quickly feel restricted and the loading thing, the loading convention doesn't do what you want and you make such so much of a mess around it. And so this is kind of like, um, and it not, it's, it's like, we're figuring it out still, which is how next has always been when they started, you know, you are using react. We add light abstractions like link, but it's not like, how do I write like load data in Next.js, right? It's like you kind of just, for a while, there was not a real answer. And then you had like the hooks that like get server-side props. But um, it's just, it's, it's it, it was just interesting to me because it's, it still feels like kind of their ethos, like their, that's kind of their, their take on it. Whereas like, um, you know, the DHH Rails kind of framework would be like, I want everyone's thing to look the same, but this might be like, Oh, we're going to render a loading template. Oh, we're going to render our own suspense boundary right here. I'm going to use a transition. I'm not right. So there's like, because the space is still evolving so much and because react 18 is new and a lot of people haven't been using react 18 features day to day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've talked like they, let's say they add the suspense list coordination thing where you are loading your users or you're loading like three different statistics and you can coordinate it now with children and like, you know, fade them in or something like that. Or you just, you have three lay, three nested layouts loading data. Exactly. And you want to coordinate them so they all fade in at the same exactly. time. And, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You have, right. You have different panels and you want, you don't want them to pop in like QuickBooks when I open up <laughs> QuickBooks.com and it's like, literally like eight layout shifts because the graph here loads and it starts animating but then my invoices right that's that's like you want to coordinate those so if they ask if they add that you can already know it's going to be ready in next right away because in next you are working with those primitives directly they're not they're not covering over them with a higher level abstraction i think a big thing for me 
here is like, so the only way you can use this stuff realistically is with Next 13 mm -hmm. app directory. Mm -hmm. um, like know, server components. Server components, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see like a couple of frameworks introduce server components, introduce these APIs, like maybe a link component that gives right. you feedback when it's transitioning right. and right. really figure totally. out like what is like, like which, what as an app developer, where am I comfortable? Like where, where's the best, uh, what DX they say. Yeah. Um, yeah. For I think it'd things. be cool to see like a create react app. That's like server components. Yeah. Basically like super, super vanilla, you know yeah because next is a big yeah next there's a lot uh, also next there. makes a lot of like we assumptions like we want you to build apps like this yeah there are some app. opinions in there but yes right i want to say the create that uh, yeah we've talked about this where we, we want to see like the the create react version create, create react, react app, app version yeah, sorry <laughs> the crap the crap version c-r-a-p-p yeah of server components yeah totally and then like you can push it to heroku and just i, I want that's what i want to do and then just see it run every time and it's not about no images or how do I configure it? You know, it's just yep. like, yeah, it's like basically Rails new Git push, Heroku or whatever, um, fly or whatever. Just something very, very simple. Like what is like an express app? No caching. Right. No cat. You're, you put a console log in your server component and it's going to run on the server every time someone hits that URL, like, or every time someone navigates. And like the next team's doing a lot of work to make things like parallel requests for, you know, nested route. All that I, I would I just want to see without well, just, any of that Next, stuff. Next has a, a router. Yeah, I want. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. Using exactly. a router, a router exactly. isn't a requirement exactly. for server components. Exactly. So. Actually, but probably be better to learn it without it. Totally. Your root, your component, your app would render every time, and you would look at you know the URL and decide which nested server components to render. But that way, you're just running it every time, and you see it's literally a php app with our layout and then you see oh okay we have to determine which server components to render you're writing a controller parser right and choosing which like control. when you have that one giant yeah exactly giant index up totally yeah 100 percent. express has I, it, express has the ability to like you have a function and you can mount it to a url so it'd be great to see this version where yeah. like you're mounting like a react app yeah at a url yep. and i can just walk through each of the steps yeah yep. and i want to yep. see that ugly yeah i want to see that giant totally php file because that's how you learn that's how you learn the problems yeah. that, the, that are being solved by you, you break know, it down frameworks. to like basically like what is like the crudest solution yeah. so that i can then understand like, yeah what is what are these writers giving me what totally. are these like static site generators giving me where yeah yes dude absolutely so yeah i would really like to see that for for server components i for think sure. that would be awesome to do that as a single file what was the um there's a lot of apps that are written like this i mean people joke about it but like uh you know peter levels talks about it's yeah. like index.aphp is literally like the one file that does everything there was like big frameworks in in php like symphony and then there was like the smaller ones uh what was like the really small one in php that literally was code igniter no it was it was smaller Python, there was like Django was the big one. Flask was a small yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Flask, yeah. if you look at it, it's like showing you a single file and rendering different, like, you know, it's doing routing in there and rendering pages. I think it'd be really cool to do that with server components, yeah. put logs in them, render two routes, see it. And then what I would do is um, do like a search query um, slash form submission read the get read either the url from the get request or the request body in the server component and then render different things based on that and um 
not use any client components and understand how you can get data to and from uh, just like the remix guys have been, have been talking about. But, but the point is that the, the, those bones you could decorate very easily by turning parts of the component tree into client components, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't change. Cause I think what's going to happen is that people are going to reach for what's easy and familiar, which is, Oh, I need a client component use state. Right. And like, uh, to be fair, that's like, that's totally expected and natural, but I think it's fine. You obviously want state in the client component to do cool things. There's state under the hood with the loading thing. It's just, you know, you, you didn't have to do it yourself, but there's going to be many times where you want to use state in client components to augment the experience. But it's important to understand which part should be state and which shouldn't. And if people are trying to like sync the data and to into react state, they're not using like the, the server components as the bones, right? But you want it to be the bones and you want to like derive things from it. So I think, I think there's like a nice teaching story there where, um, you can basically like enhance it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but I think it'd be really, I, I think, I think it'd be really good learning for someone who has been building SPAs using effects or fetch or react query or SWR making requests to API endpoints and then putting that into react state. Um, I think that person would learn a lot from building like a server component app with just links to start and then like augmenting it. Yeah. It's interesting that like, I think, and I think they would notice all the bugs that aren't there anymore with the back forward and the multiple submissions and cancellations and things like that. Definitely. I think we have over the last few years have optimized for not having to build API servers and stuff like that by using this or, uh, um, gives us GraphQL endpoints for our database. But that stuff, um, Hasura gives us a lot of stuff. So I'm not saying don't use Hasura, but the benefit of having an automatic GraphQL endpoint uh, for, for, again, for reads, because there's like no mutation story today, mm-hmm. but for reads, mm-hmm. it kind of goes away because yeah. you can just await Prisma query or await, yeah, you can just await Prisma query. So I, I don't need something that my browser can make fetch requests to that then talks to a database and then returns the results back to the browser. Yep. Uh, And I think that's, yeah, yeah, really nice. And I kind of feel like we're going to end up with Prisma on a local database. Yeah. I think what's interesting to know, to think about is, is the stuff that it does give you permissions and um, aggregates as simple as it is. It saves you time. Like, um, it would be curious to see, um, does your uh your your the, the app we were talking about it's called a app joint it's like a joint it's like a aggregator for apps and setting up auth with a, a sir and a firebase and uh does does it use prisma no what does it use Asura? Asura. okay Asura. Asura. i was gonna say i'd be really curious to see an app like that that has crud it's a crud app yeah my my if you were to convert the code into prisma code what would the diff be my uh so it would be again There'd because be more the code server gives us so much yeah the permissions would search. be more yep you'd have you know but prisma has a search yeah yeah prisma has search permissions i think prisma has some cool permission stuff but if i think, you had to I guess, think that would be a have lot you written a lot of prisma code yeah okay. my other next 13 app that we talked about the stable diffusion front yeah, end yeah, yeah. Is, is prisma okay uh again it's hard to talk about this right now because there's no mutation yeah so the mutation stuff is just, uh, it's just ugly and brittle 
for the reads, it's nice. It's it's just nice to be able to say await query database, right? And then it's nicer start rendering. It's this. nicer. It's nicer than doing a GraphQL request yes. because of TypeScript and because you don't just have no the no service. There's no like another thing in a client side SPA. But what React about like app, what you about have like, you have to you have to render to fetch, so you always have that frames those frames you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, but you could query Hasura from your server component. Yeah, that's what I do in this. Yeah, in this yeah, app. yeah. So, so I'm 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 just this is like another conversation mm-hmm. for another day. But I'm it's, it's the difference between querying Hasura and your server component and querying Prisma. So you yes. still don't yes, have yes, the yes, frame yes, on yes, the client. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. that's my that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, we treat. We treat Hasura like it's our database ORM. Yeah. So we're not writing a lot of custom code. We're like we right. treat it like we're sending it a query and we're expecting results back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of the reason we do that and we went to these. Oh tools, yeah, it's made for client for the client. Exactly. No, for sure. Exactly. But it's but the things we would lose. Uh, there's a convenience with the Prisma and the local DB yes. for sure. Yes. There's like more. Um, precedent there for things like testing or whatever but then you know migrations it's fine but like that kind of thing we're doing again which those are i'm trying i'm just trying to bullet point the things yep. that hasura still gives you in that case where you're using them both on the so the biggest thing i've been surprised by is off like you got right. like a gui for right right uh this user doesn't have access to these rows this user does right. and it's amazing yeah uh and that's shit that's that's stuff that usually ends up in code that you write and then you have to write tests for it and then yeah. it's just the mess and yeah 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 so um cool yeah i'm not talking about getting rid of Hasura tomorrow but sure. i think a lot of it would these, be if you had to choose to tomorrow or whatever you uh, probably try try prisma just come more out of I curiosity guess, again i need to i'm gonna withhold here because i yeah. need to see how mutations work right because right, right. right now it's like if you're building a read-only app prisma in next 13 is great but as soon as you have to write this isn't a knock against uh, prisma it's just there's no mutation story today it's coming it'll be there in the future uh to be, to be, be nicer to be able, you're saying you could just send a request a graphql request to hasura because they already have mutations because hasura has yeah. mutations defined so you yeah. would you would just send a fetch request from the client yeah that's what i do whereas with prisma you would have to send a request to an, a new a- api a- route that you would have to write yeah and um right and this is nothing this is nothing this yeah, is like yeah, out yeah, of prisma's yeah, yeah. control and yeah. and you know, but next like, 13 is, is going to add mutation. Yeah, Sebastian just, just tweeted this RFC, uh, not RFC, like a proof of concept or a, a PR to react with like the ability to call a function. So that would be a situation where you're in the component, you um, want to save a query, you know, you have your search and you click save and it's like on click equals and then like you're running a server function. I mean that's the so dream. Then you're that's write, the dream. Then you're writing like Prisma code right yeah, there. That's okay, the yeah, that's pretty wild. I, I think you would you would import the function yeah. from another file, or like or it could be action like the remix yeah. style where you have yep. like a local function, yep. something like that, and you're just running server code. Yeah, yeah remix, 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 remix is a model. really good like what answer. You want. Yeah. Remix is a really good answer. If you were writing remix, you would use Prisma, not Hasura. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, there's still things you get with Hasura, but it's. Uh, you, know, you don't I, have that. You don't have that cost. Like that. That, that downside is not there. Yeah, I also feel like a lot years. of people in the Remix like ecosystem use Prisma, use local database, don't right. do any client client side data fetching. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like it's almost like a, a, a badge of pride in Remix to mm-hmm. only fetch data on the server. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I would just naturally be like, okay, let's let's 
let's do it like that. No, but you could still fetch it. I'm not talking about I know, fishing. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're just saying, no, it's it's more about the local, like, it's yes. just, yeah. Um, Hasura was, services like Hasura are best, you, they really evolved out of solving the problem of not wanting to write API endpoints for client queries. So now this is like not that same problem space anymore. Right. Yeah. Or at least, at least yeah. uh, for sure, that's why like we got involved right. with it. Right. So that's the benefit um, for us. Yeah. And it, it feels like a lot of that melts away. Yeah. So, um, cool, exciting. man. Well, I'm interested to see where this all goes. Um, I still like writing SBAs. The jury's still out for me in terms of what stack is like my favorite and most productive and feel like I can really pull off the nicest. But I think this is things like do, transitions. Do, yeah. do OG tags. Just do OG yeah. tags in your SBA. <laughs> Seriously. It's, yeah. This, it's silly. But, you know, there are some nice, just we can talk about mm-hmm. this for a quick thing. But I, there, there are some nice answers uh, to like OG images and stuff where you, you dynamically generate them mm-hmm. at runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, th- that's why you need server rendering. That's why you need data fetching on the server because you need to have initial HTML that's right for bots. And sure, sure, sure. And that's where that just kills that's the where SPA. That's where we came in because we had a media, we have a media site. I, what I want to do is like, once I get familiar with like the interleaving components, I think for like my style of app and like side project and stuff, that's going to be the most interesting part for me. Um, you know, the way the calendar comes up in my fitness app and that doesn't change the URL, but I want to fetch the days and the events that you worked out on a server component, put it in a client component that raises up. And, um, I think you can make that feel just as good, even though, you know, and it, and it, and it renders the instant loading template for the suspending server component in the modal as it's sliding up. Like I did, I just, you know, I did all that stuff in my app just cause I, when I was learning suspense and it's really conceptually easy to pull that off when in an SPA because you're there and you just know everything. Right. Um, this guy Rauna who works at, uh, at Vercel has like such a kick-ass homepage. And I think that would be another example that I'd like to see in, uh, like a server component architecture where, you know, has different projects, they're being fetched, so they're fetched from a server component. Like build his app, but you don't get to call fetch on the client, right? So mm-hmm. your everything fetches, but it, there's a lot of interleaving going on because you want to fade the things in. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna like I know this isn't like the official messaging, but I fetch data in the top level server components, right. and then I just thread it through client pumps. Right, I don't right, inter- right, right. I don't interleave and just I just, okay. So maybe that's all I you sh- need to do. But like, but I'm saying you're still going to have, you're going to have nested, you're going to have servers and clients and servers in an app like this. You have to, because yeah, I don't think so. No, you sure do. <laughs> um, because he has like persistent UI in like nested, right? So it's like a nested router. Like you're saying you want to click a button, toggle some state and that should, not, yeah. that should now render exactly. server. Component. Exactly. Yeah. You can do that. I yeah. don't like, you haven't done it yet. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like I, the way I approach apps is like very, like from like the Ember days, very like no, UR, yeah. URL driven. Yeah. So no, like, I, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, he has URLs. It's just a very dynamic UI. I just want to see what it's like, where you're nudged to and what kinds of, you know, um, I'm pretty sure based on my, like, you know, obsession with following very closely like what people on the react team do and how they're thinking about i mean they're talking about using suspense for animations right so the, the, they've thought about basically they're trying to cover every use case like they I, are I, I've and seen, so what i'm saying is like 
I want to make sure I, I, I'm just curious how far you can push these things and not feel limited because that's not something I like as a developer. I right. think a lot of people don't like it. I think it's why a lot of people started writing more client heavy apps is because they felt limited by, you know, whatever the tools like rails gave them when their, their PMs asked them to build, you know, mm -hmm. sortable, whatever is and this and that. So, um, I, I, I'm going to say two things here. So first, from what I've seen in server components and in your fitness app, there's nothing that you're going to be limited by. Yeah. You'll be able to do everything. Mm -hmm. Only fetching data on the server. Except for mutations. Uh, yeah. Except for, <laughs> except for mutations. <laughs> Can't change any data. You can read data. Yeah. Like when you tap the thing and it's pulsing while it goes and then it reloads, like, is that going to be a server component? So we need to, so we, I, I, can't give you an answer because yeah. there's no mutation. So yeah. I have to see what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the mutation story yeah. is. Um, but I would, it should be like I in my be, mind, you absolutely, yes, can build that. And it should be a server component because, and it should have one way to fetch and you should be able to transition between the old version, the new version, whatever it is. Right. right. Okay. So just two, two responses to that. So first is from what I've seen of server components. Uh, and I know, I know your, your app, your fitness mm -hmm. app that has all these, um, little UI, yeah, mm. yeah. There's, you'll be, you're not going to run yeah, into yeah. any issues. Now, there's no mutation, yeah. but since there's no mutation, you can do that all client side. Right. So, like that, you know, that you're already doing everything client side today. So. I know, but I don't, that's that you're outside the paradigm at that point. Like, I get today, it's fine. Sure, sure, sure. I'm thinking about the end state. Sure. So, I, it's like you said, yeah, I if can't, people I are can't fetching data, not in a server component, like it's kind of like, why do they, you know, you right. should be able to do that. So I would be, I guess I would be surprised. Yeah, I would be too. So I, but again, again, yeah. I'm going to just withhold until mm -hmm. we see that. The second thing is I think like for 98% of apps, you're going to fetch data at the top. Yeah. And pass, and it, pass down. it down. Yeah. And you're going to have one or two cases where you have a modal that pops up that needs to fetch data without changing the URL. And sure. you'll, turn, you'll turn that inner piece of that modal sure, sure, sure. into a server component and that will fetch its data whenever it gets rendered, mm -hmm. um, you yeah. know, for things like that. But for, for most apps, like, yeah, I, again, like I know like everyone wants to talk about interleaving and all that. Yeah. And I know that's like the, how you build every single UI, but like, you're going to look at it like a rails controller, you're going to fetch in the controller and then pass data to the view and the view is going to use jsx to render it and it's awesome we I mean, do it's need great. it is awesome we, we do need to wrap up here but okay. i'm curious like if you're doing that why not just use a loader like the way remix has it if that's all you're using so i think from a developer if you told me i had to use remix i would say okay yeah like i would be sure from a developer like i look at okay. both things are what you want i know you want people to load get data so in the you details have to do a url yeah but like i guess if that's how you're right what other benefits besides being able to load data easily that's tied to a URL have you seen so far from server components? Um, if mostly what you're, if most of your server, we, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is fun because there's a lot to explore and this is very experiment, like it's new territory, but I'm just curious. You can conditionally, most, you can conditionally, so you can have a server component that imports child components that renders the interleaves with server components. Right. So you can decide when like each of these components as they render can fetch data. Have you data. done that? No, no, that's what I'm saying. You personally, no, I haven't you, because if I, all your server components basically look like a wait and then render a client yes, component with props my, equals yeah. like literally just one component, like, like the server component. Oh, no, returns no, no, one. no, 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 no. They, doing, I, I only split off into a client component when, when I need, okay. when I need react state, but 
all of them do look like await load data return you know jsx html oh, totally template. um and i think that's but it's like, not just like one client component no and no. then you go to town no. i do everything on the reacts. server yeah. until i need state and then it's like okay yeah. what what parts of this this interaction and that are feels be pretty client? good like yeah, I sometimes There's I don't like uh, creating a new file. Right. One of the things I loved about React is you can just yeah. you know new function at the bottom of the file. Yeah. So sometimes you have to come up with a name. Yep. I have a lot of like you know your button. Like I click a button, it toggles state to show modal. Right. So that whole button now needs to be in a client component right, because right, there's right. state associated with it. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's worth it. Yep. Cool. Okay. All right. We got to stop. This is a lot of fun, though. Um, I can't wait to start playing with it. Honestly, I've just been waiting. So, because I, if I see a, a random build error that fixes when I refresh the page, and I know it's not my fault. Peace out, homie. I, I'm. I'll see you in three months. I'm. I'm not a young. I'm not a young chicken anymore. Spring chicken. I. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so I'll see you in three months. But hopefully, uh, hopefully it stabilizes soon. I can get cracking at it. Awesome, man. Dude, thanks for sharing all your experience. It's been fun hearing about it. It's cool. You go off and do all these cool things. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> Pretty cool, though, man. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, I guess we're going to wrap it for this week. Look at this. What is it, Three weeks in a row? Killing it. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.